This is a 980 CKNW podcast. We're talking turkey tonight on the Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, blogger, clinician, TED speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex, love, your body, your relationship, and your health. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies. Just fearless, straight-up talk about sex, love, your body, health, and all those things that it's related to. Of course, I seduce you with the sex, but there's more to learn to have a better sex life. And you want to learn about your health and love and your body and online dating and, and lots more. So let's hope for you it will be illuminating, educational, get you thinking outside of the box and have a little fun while you're at it. So thank you for being with me tonight and happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there that are celebrating. I hope you're having a lovely day. And if you were unable to listen to the show uh, tonight in live in person, um, you can always download the show free on iTunes and, and listen later. There's an aspect of sexual health that is dark, and that is sexual abuse, unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia, and rape. And of course, for those of you who have suffered in this way, you are never far from my heart. And I wish you all the best on your healing journey. Good evening, Matt. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. How about yourself? I'm okay tonight. Not great. My heart is breaking a little bit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Know. I'm going to be uh, heading off to Victoria tomorrow so and you to know start what? my new career at ah! CFAX. <laughs> <laughs> it's bittersweet. You didn't, there's no other station out there besides CKNW. Um, there's, uh, there's heartache in the world and there's heartbreak. And, um, but sometimes it's bittersweet. And so congratulations to you. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. You know, I, I really can't thank you enough. This last, um, last year and a bit has been great. Oh, uh, well, I can't thank you enough. I mean, it's a, a mutual thankful <laughs> club here. Um, you know, it was, it warmed my heart when you said it, I, that you wish you could do the sex show from Victoria. And, yeah. and I thought a lot about that and I, I wish you could too, but I'm not sure that, I hope you put the kitties to bed, that might be like radio sex, and I'm not sure that's <laughs> <laughs> that is legal. And then there's, of course, it would be uh, like a lot of relationships, geographically undesirable. Yeah. But, uh, but thank you so much. You've been a tremendous part of this show. You know, I must say mm-hmm. the highlight of uh, working with you had to be the women's conference. And when we toasted with a nasty woman at oh, the end well, of the conference. thank you so much. Yeah, that was, that was great. Yeah. It was great having you there. And, you yeah. know, we have so, so many joyful times in life and, and so many wonderful times. And then, you know, we have so much heartbreak. And we've, had, we've seen a lot of that this week. And, in fact, after I went home, Last week and turned on the television, I, I couldn't even believe what I was watching. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe what was happening in Vegas. And, you know, that is on the heels of hurricanes and other natural disasters where we've seen the faces of human tragedy all over the networks. And, uh, you know, the world today and, and what happened in Vegas is a, a tragedy of the worst order. A man who took the ultimate control over people and and power over people, really the unhealthiest power over innocent people shooting from a 32nd floor hotel in a place that in all of its glory is the best of America and in all of its tragedy, the worst of America. And I think we have seen the worst of America in Vegas. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm American. 
all right, so I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> I'm American. And in that carnage, we lose. And, and, you know, it's just so heartbreaking that we've lost a, what sounds like just a great guy, uh, Jordan McElDoon or Jordy Mac, affectionately known by his friends, and um, a young man, 23 years old, turning 24, a son, a grandson, the love of his girlfriend Amber's life. Uh, you know, he loved trucks and motorcycles and country music. And, uh, you know, he was apparently the nicest guy. And he was loved and he loved. And, and I think of all the people who lose in that. And there were young couples as well who were celebrating, you know, having, I often recommend this to couples on the show. I say, go and go get away, get away from the family, the finances, the in-laws, everybody, and go to a hotel. And, and you know, a couple from Alberta did just that. And, and the young wife and mother was killed in that uh in that that disaster i mean it's just it's just horrific it's it's one of those moments where you truly want to turn back time you know the time before vegas really and so our, th- our thoughts and prayers go out to all of the families of um those those who were lost in in the tragedy that was that was vegas and i and also for vegas for las vegas hopefully it will it will come back and um uh, you know, it's it's very, very difficult. And, you know, we've had some other really bad news stories as well. And, you know, women in the world aren't aren't having a great time these days, right? Let's let's start with the Dove commercial. What were they thinking? I, I'm blown away. I, I saw that not long ago, actually. I, it just so much, came up so many times on my oh. feed. I'm like, I have to check this out. I, I know. I didn't even understand it at first. I'm like, what? In like, this day and age, how could you think any, that that would be? It's anyway, it was yeah. somebody wasn't thinking. They were impulsive. We as humans are impulsive. And that is probably that underscores the impulsivity and that that um, drive for anything for money. Um, and uh, and so we have other situations as well. There's um, uh, uh, Harry Harvey Weinstein. Also, apparently he's just lost his job. Um, you know, it's about time. You know, he's settled with a lot of women in the past and settlements silence women. That is what I would like to say, because you are when you have been sexually harassed or sexually assaulted or sexually abused in the workplace in particular, and it can certainly happen on the street or in the workplace, you become very ill. The woman who has been sexually harassed, sexually assaulted, especially over time, because it's typically a campaign, it's a psychological campaign, and you are unwell. And if you are one of the lucky ones who has the wherewithal to get a lawyer and also has the resources to pay a lawyer, and that, or if you have a lawyer who is kind enough to do it, um, you don't have to pay them until uh, the case is over, and so then they will take 30% of what they, of, of the earnings that they get. And believe me, they always get earnings, and they... They're, because the lawyers are typically in each other's back pockets on things like that. But the woman actually loses in the end because it's not about money. It is about, um, you know, saving her soul. It is about justice. And so she gets caught up in, um, we're going to, we're going to go after your abuser. We're going to go for it. We're going to go to court. They're never going to go to court. They never go to court. Something like 95% of cases settle out of court. And then women are not allowed to speak about it unless there are some extenuating circumstances um, in which they would be able to. And so I learned that myself at a a place I had worked uh, about four or five years ago and for a very brief time. And I, and the person who was at the head of the company uh, was sexually harassing all of the women at the company and two of us filed uh, charges against him. Uh, We actually filed uh, in the human rights tribunal 
And uh, we were almost forced to settle. It was like, wait a minute. I don't really care about this money. I actually want to be on the courthouse steps. But it wasn't like that. You could see that the lawyers had had befriended one another. And and the one lawyer actually said to the other woman um, who she she wasn't going to take the settlement. And and he said, if you don't take the settlement, we can sue you, uh, you know, because you haven't taken our good advice. You know, and so uh, you're under pressure. You're not really thinking straight. You're not thinking properly. And um, so I want to say that, that a lot of those women have been silenced in Hollywood. And hopefully they'll be able to come forward. Um, anyway, we have a, also we have um, civil war practically. Go ahead uh, in other parts of the world, Kathriona. Uh, you know, and so what is happening to the world today? Why can't we just all love each other and be nice to each other and take care of each other? I'm getting, yeah, it, that, it's, it's hard <laughs> to just, like, I want to delete all the news apps on my phone. There's just never anything positive in there. Like, look, and look what's going on in Puerto Rico. Like, they're being forgotten. Absolutely. I know. And it, it's just, it's tragic. And it's, you know, I, 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 it's, a, it's a game. It's a competitive game that has just gone much too far. And, you know, and, and the world is difficult. I'll tell you, it is still a patriarchal society. Uh, anybody who claims that it's not is, you know, has their head in the sand. And we as women need to stand together. And today I actually did that on YouTube, on my TEDx talk. I'll tell you about that later. But you wanted to say something, Matt? I was also going to say that Trump is trying to take away women's uh, right for uh, birth control. Birth control or at least, at least uh, making it more difficult. Be- absolutely. And making it a religious issue now, which it shouldn't be. A- absolutely. Separation of church and state. Hello? Has he ever heard of that? But anyway, it doesn't matter in, in Trump's world. But Trump has something to do, sort of, very, very uh, loosely related to what happened on my YouTube uh, No Sex Marriage, Masturbation, Cheating, Loneliness, and Shame talk. Um, which, uh, you know, has had a number of views. Um, But anyway, it's something, you know, I really wanted to drive home the point that we don't serve each other well. We as women, when we don't stand side by side, we love to tear other women down, and that just doesn't work. And that is not working in this world for women. And so I'll I'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later on in the program. Um, but to you, my friend, Namast, in your uh, in your next endeavor, and thank you um, very much. Hopefully, you'll you'll call into the show every now and again. Oh, definitely. <laughs> with I've your already, sex questions, I've already thought about that. <laughs> Perfect. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the dangers of online dating. The Vancouver Police put out a campaign, and I am so glad they did. I beg women: do not allow a man to come into your home to pick you up. Do not send money over the internet. Are you crazy? You're never going to get it back. Also, we'll be talking about why millennial women are twice as likely to be depressed than millennial men. What is that all about? And I also want to talk a little bit about this this word empowerment and what that means and what that actually doesn't mean. Um, also, we're going to be talking about the new midlife crisis. And I'm not talking about guys' midlife crisis this time. We're all too familiar with those red Corvettes and... Uh, and younger babes hanging off the arms once they get a little bit of a bald patch. Um, also going to be talking about, I do a lot of work in spinal cord injury, and I've been out uh, seeing a number of my patients lately, and I just wanted to provide some education about adjusting to spinal cord injury from a relationship and sexuality perspective. And also, you know, I, I'm actually reading, I, I see a lot of patients in my clinical practice with addiction issues to everything. And, um, and so I, I guide them and I might advise for them to go into a 12 step program or, and, and I also listen to them judgment free. And, and so I, 
I have some experience uh, in education and training uh, in addiction, but I'm actually reading Russell Brand's new book on addiction. He's um, 14 and a half years sober, and he was basically addicted to everything, and he <laughs> pretty much is pretty straightforward about that. So it's a very interesting book. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. As you know, I've been suffering with a cold and flu and bronchitis and everything else. I'm better, but it, it did uh, cause me to look up a little bit about colds and flus, and I want to share that with you. And uh, and so all of this, not the colds and flu, but but uh, the addiction and, and why people hide their feelings from their partners and the dangers of that, and also why parents need to let their kids play on their own. And how do we deal with this addiction issue? We have to go all the way back to the cradle. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. If you have a question for me on this Thanksgiving day or you want to talk turkey, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We're talking a little bit about the world in which we live. And um, I just wanted to uh, mention that in the wake of the Las Vegas tragedy, Harvard University professor Dr. Jonathan Walton, speaking during morning prayers at Memorial Church at Harvard, called the National Rifle Association a domestic terrorist organization. He also declared that the nation, meaning America, is sick. Cultural anxiety, toxic masculinity, plus racial, religious, and ethnic bigotries are eating away at the soul of this nation. Walton also argued that such forces caused us to elect a madman to the presidency, quote-unquote. Walton also complained that Congress has not enacted further gun control, gun control measures. And this is kind of the theme of the show tonight. This is a bit of the tone of the show tonight. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're ta- I'm going to be talking about addiction. I'm going to be talking about women supporting other women. And when women don't support other women, what happens? You know, we're, we're really so much better with a unified front. We're not uh, very good when there's dissension amongst the ranks. A great book to read is The Art of War, and everybody should read The Art of War. It's about strategy, and, um, but it's, it also talks about when groups stay together, when they're bonded together or banded together, how important that is. So little thing happened to me today on YouTube. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's, it, it's, the world is so different today. It's just like, oh, yeah, hi, I saw you on Twitter, you know, <laughs> welcoming John Hall back to the news desk. He's like, hi, happy Thanksgiving. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Well, I've seen you on Twitter. Um, but anyway, a little thing happened to me on the way to um, my YouTube <laughs> uh, TEDx talk that I did a bit over, little over a year ago. And it was called The No Sex Marriage, Masturbation, Loneliness, Cheating, and Shame. And so a woman wrote, you know, a lot of people have commented. There's like close to 7,000 comments on it. 3,500 of them are mine because I have responded to most people. And, um, and so this one woman wrote, which is fine. I have no problem with feedback. This is not what this is about. But she wrote, boring, dated, and irrelevant. And I thought, you know, fine, that's fair enough. But you know what? It is nasty, you know, it, on, on some level. It's a nasty thing. If, have you never learned if you have nothing nice to say about somebody, don't say anything at all? So, you know, I uh, just wrote back in jest, tongue in cheek, I wrote, obviously, a Trump supporter. So she wrote back, and, because I think any woman, I, I just didn't, never understood how one woman could vote for Trump. But anyway, they did. So then she wrote back, Maureen McGrath, face it, you're just not an interesting speaker. If you have to fling out insults like that, 
So I wrote back and said, insults? Did somebody say insults? Anyway, so basically I said to her, and she said, yawn. And I said, yawn all you want, but it's actually very important, especially in today's world, and something women need to stop doing, tear each other down, not to mention support men like Trump, Weinstein, and more. I have no problem that you found my talk boring, irrelevant, and dated, even inaccurate, harsh, sexist, sexist, whatever, fine. It's not for everyone. And I said, but have you never heard? If you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. By all means, send me a note in private as feedback. Feedback is a gift. Besides, tearing women down, especially publicly, feeds the patriarchal society in which we live. The more women learn to support one another, much like men do, and understand that we're in this together and not against one another, the more we will advance the progress of women. More women will become vice presidents of company. Companies will be in the C-suite and fewer will be sexually assaulted by men. Not to mention, men might help more with the housework and childcare. Don't get upset, guys. We are capable of so much more when we take a united front, we women, using our strength to help other women to reach new heights. She didn't respond. I want to say there's a lot of great men out there. Fortunately, we have more great men than we have nasty, lousy men. But we have all these secrets out there about what's going on in this patriarchal society. And women, when women don't stick together, it actually makes it easier for men to make our lives more difficult. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here. It's always my pleasure to be with you talking turkey tonight. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, we're going to start out with a phone call after, just before we uh, talk about online dating and the dangers of that. But Gordon's on the line. Hello, Gordon. Hello. How are you? Well, I'm fine. I, I listened to your comment about <laughs> Hillary Clinton there. Did I mention Hillary Clinton? Wait a minute, wait a minute. What comment about Hillary Clinton? About <laughs> sticking together, vote for the ladies. I, no, I didn't say that. But go ahead. Well, just that she was the wrong candidate because of all the... If you just go on the wide world of web, you find out the, the crimes of the Clintons, the travel case. Uh, oh, there's so many. You know... I thought, I thought you were talking about Hillary Clinton. No, no, I wasn't. I was actually talking about how women need to stick together. And I honestly don't know how any woman could have voted for Donald Trump. We're a year after that video came out, that infamous video about, video about him on the bus, where he said that he could um, grab any woman's, I'm not sure I can say that P word on the air, and also, he could just start kissing any woman anytime he wanted because of all the money and power that he had. I don't think so. So that's what I just said. I didn't understand how anybody could vote for Donald Trump. That's all. Yeah, but Trump was just talking the Hollywood talk of the Hollywood where you have Bill Clinton who actually had done rape. There's so many girls that he's raped. Well, you, you know, you're, make, you're giving a great excuse to, um, for Trump. Um, you know, none of this behavior is excusable. In fact, it's inexcusable. And they demonstrated that tonight when they let Harvey Weinstein go after 30 years. And it finally comes out. People finally have the courage to speak up and say this multimillionaire who actually um, 
let loose, and, and you know what I'm, I mean, just in case any children are awake, let loose in a potted plant in a restaurant in front of a journalist. These are, these, all of these behaviors are sickening, and it's not one is better than the other. None of it is acceptable, and Trump's video was unacceptable. That's all I'm saying. And women need to stick together. We can't continue to tear each other down or bash each other because that's dissension amongst women. And that's exactly when the men can go in and see that weakness in the group and boom, uh, we're, we're more vulnerable that way. That's all I was saying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Gord. <laughs> I bet you'll never call again. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so, you know, let's just be clear here. That is what I was talking about. I am talking about any any inappropriate behavior, any sexual advance, unwanted sexual advances, any talk. Uh, you, you can call it locker room talk. I've spoken to uh, many journalists who spend a lot of time in locker rooms, and it's not locker room talk. Um, we can make excuses. Um, you know, I I take what I see that is real. I don't go on hearsay. There's a lot that can be said. And you know, that said, human beings are not perfect. That is what makes us human. But for 30 years to antagonize women and to uh, sexually harass them, uh, borderline assault, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just wrong. And we, it's, it's very difficult for women to speak up because it's much more difficult for women in the workplace to actually get ahead. We know that. There's a lot... Fewer chief executive officers of companies. There's a lot fewer vice presidents. A friend of mine today told me that she got promoted to be vice president of a company, and I was delighted for her. And I said, do you know that only there's only 23% of VPs at major corporations are women? And she didn't know that. And, and she was like, oh, you know, like it was nothing. And, and you know, you, we've got to be happy for our sisters who succeed who are successful. And that's the only way we're going to be able to make a change. But it's difficult for women to speak up, as I was saying, because they fear that they're going to lose their job. They fear their reputation. Uh, They also question, was this real? Did I just see that? Did I just hear that? Is that what said? Or nobody is going to believe me. And also, by the time women... Uh, come around to realizing, you know, what has happened, they become, they have become emotionally and often physically ill. So this is a pretty serious issue. And we can't make excuses for one man. That said, most men, fortunately, are fabulous and fantastic. I know a number of them. (laughs) Matt's one of them. Great guy. Okay, we have great guys out there. And we also have some predators out there. And Vancouver police want to warn you of potential predators. And I am so glad because sometimes I feel like I am, uh, my words are falling on deaf ears. I have patients who come in to me. I call them all patients. Um, But they often come in and they want some assistance with editing their online profile. They want to learn about how to go online dating because that's the way of the world today. That's really about 65% of people are online dating these days. So it's a, a pretty significant number. But there are dangers in online dating. And this week I was talking to a woman. She was in her 60s. And I think that generation, that age, they, they used to um, you know, be courted. And a, a guy would come to their house and come up to their door. And, and they expect that. But the world has changed and times have changed and we cannot do that anymore, especially with strangers. And I try and talk to these women about this. And uh, so this one particular woman, I'm actually glad I did hear that she did decide not to meet this person. Um, I've, I've heard that. Uh, 
She decided not to meet. I haven't heard it from the horse's mouth, quite frankly, though. So I'm looking forward to catching up with her this week in my clinical practice um, because people want to have tips on how to date. What's, you know, what should the first date be like? And they have all sorts of questions. Should I have sex on the first date? And all, all sorts of things. But you have to book an appointment to find out my answer to that. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> if you want to have sex on the first date, go ahead. And have sex on the first date. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's the first date. But um, as I said, times are changing. So the Vancouver Police is on my side. And they've launched a new safety campaign aimed at those looking for love online. And so they've compiled these tips on catchyou.ca. Because in recent years, the police say they've seen an increase in the number of sexual assault reports that were initiated through online dating or social media. And here's the thing. You go online and you meet somebody and you're talking to them back and forth and there's jokes back and forth and and you might exchange different flirty words or, or whatever. And, you know, over time, and I've heard it, a month, two months, six months, they feel like they know this person. They feel like this person is their soulmate. But he is, in fact, a stranger. He is still a stranger until you really know him. And when do you really know him? How long does that take? That's another show. Uh, But you need to take care of your safety online and reduce the chances of meeting somebody that is nothing like the person you're expecting. And I'm not talking about height and weight or net worth. I am talking about uh, some uh, a few other things. So some of the online dating tips, which I say quite often, is provide as little personal information as possible on your profile and choose a profile picture that you haven't used anywhere else online. It prevents them from doing a Google image search and finding out other information about you. So that's a very good tip. Uh, so just take a separate picture, maybe edit it a little bit, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, color wise, but don't make it look like nothing that you look like. Um, a range, it was interesting. I do some Skype consults and, and, you know, I've, I've had professional headshots taken and, and so then I use those and I often think it doesn't even look like me. Um, but go for it. You know, of course, we're going to pick the best picture, right? The one that le- looks the least like me is the one I'm going to choose. And so I had a patient on Skype this week. And, and the first thing she said, oh, wow, you look just like you do online. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> anyway, oh, that's good. Well, it was like 20 pictures on there. But anyway, arrange to meet in a public place away from where you live. I cannot state this enough. This is so important. Never bring somebody to your home, into your home. Tell a friend where you've gone, who you're meeting, and pass along any contact information you have of the person. And of course, women are at higher risk, particularly on dating sites. Women find themselves at higher risk of sexual assault, violent crimes, and fraud. This is something else. Fraud is big. I have no idea how women, you know, I I just don't get it. It just hasn't happened to me, but you know, maybe it would, I don't know, but that you fall in love and then you send them a hundred thousand dollars. Well, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to send in the first place. (laughs) But, uh, so, so many women have sent tens of thousands of dollars to people that they have never met. Um, Also, you want to take a screenshot of a person that you've met online of their profile picture and save it to your desktop and do a Google image search match just like in QuickBooks, find that match. Um, If possible, use a separate phone number for any phone conversations or make the calls from a blocked number. This is also great advice as well. Um, And Google search the name that they have given you just to make sure it's the right person. 
uh, arrange to meet in a public place, as I said, especially if it is the first date. And make sure you let somebody know. Uh, If your friend has, I mean, if your potential date, if the person you're going to be meeting has told you where they live or work, do some checking to confirm that. And also consider meeting with other people, maybe bringing a friend along or bringing another couple along, especially the first few times uh, prior to spending time alone and not in public. So ask to meet their friends and see how they interact. This also leads on to all of those things that occur online, like submarining and um, all of those other ghosting things that happen. If anyone asks your date, uh, if anyone you're dating asks you for money, of course I said, or to provide banking information, this is just something you should never do ever, like ever provide date. Uh, banking information. And that's even beyond online dating. I get a million of those. Your RBC account is going to be shut down. I'm like, well, that's good. Go ahead. Shut it down. Um, Provide banking information. Your alarm bell should be ringing. I had a colleague, a very intelligent woman. She said to me, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. She was just after divorce. She was vulnerable. And she said, I I nearly was... um, a victim of fraud online, and she'd been talking to this guy on the phone and online for six months, and she said, and then he asked her for money, and she knew it was a red flag, and she said, but she'd had red flags prior to that, and I said, what were the red flags? And she said, well, she'd heard roosters in the background twice, so the guy wasn't in England, he was probably in Ghana. They stick a whole bunch of young men in these rooms, and they have them calling vulnerable women all the time, so if your instincts say something is wrong, it probably is. I am Maureen McGrath, you're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980. CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thank you for being with me on Thanksgiving Day. If not, you can actually download this on iTunes. It's a free download on iTunes afterward, if you like. Um, I want to tell you about an event that I'm having. Even though I'm going to be talking about millennial women right now, I am going to be talking about a midlife crisis, a new midlife crisis. And uh, menopause has something to do with that. And, and it's actually perimenopause, which is something that seems to be new and uh, in vogue these days, but uh, but very real. And stress can increase that. So I'm having some events uh, called Hot Flash in the City. And one is at Centennial Theater in North Vancouver on October 19th. It's a movie called Hot Flash Havoc. It, it's, it's going to talk a lot about the symptoms. It's actually a hilarious movie. It talks all about uh, the Women's Health Initiative. It clarifies that, what happened when, you know, a whole host of women were taken off hormone therapy by their doctors and not treated properly, basically, because there was this media outcry about the study, but the study was flawed. So you'll get all that information on that night. And, and so many women are not properly treated for menopause. In fact, recently... I um, actually saw on Facebook, a woman had put a post on, she said, I'm having heart palpitations. I think it's perimenopause. Can anybody help me? And I thought, you know, we're getting our our medical information from Facebook friends that you may not have even met. So if you want up-to-date, accurate information about estrogen, hormones, um, palpitations, anxiety, vaginal dryness, low sexual desire, and the role that stress plays with that, and also some of the treatments for uh, vaginal dryness, for example, the doctors who do the Mona Lisa Touch in my office at the North Vancouver Women's Clinic um, will be there, uh, uh, and also Dr. John Beisler will be there. So we'll have gynecologists and cardiologists there answering all of your heart health and vaginal health questions. I'll be there as well. I'm going to give you my latest tips on how to meet that Mr. or Ms. Wonderful, because guys are welcome too. <laughs> 
Anyway, or Mr. or Ms. Wonderful, if you're a woman and you want to meet a woman, that's fine. But anyway, nonetheless, it's not easy to meet uh, people today, romantic partners, and that uh, typically happens in the 20s, and that relates to the subject that I'm talking about now, which is why millennial women are two times more likely to be depressed than millennial men. And so these are women in their 20s. This is the prime of life, but this is also a time of great flux in lives. Uh, it's transitional time. People move apartments. They're graduating from school. They get new jobs. They move from city to city. But they might actually meet somebody. But uh, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, women in the 20s are twice as likely to be clinically depressed than their male counterparts. What's more, the onset for clinical depression, along with a handful of other serious mood disorders, most typically hit in the mid-20s. And so that can be that you've graduated from uh, university, you've graduated from graduate school, perhaps, you've just started a new job, and at 26, you might get a serious mood disorder. And why is this? It has to do with job stability, strong social networks, and positive self-esteem. And that is another reason women need to band together, need to stick together, need to support one another, need to be happy when their friends get promotions or get a good job, or meet a new person in their life. Um, but this is difficult because the, especially millennials, are all consumed with how many likes on Instagram. Okay, so am I. Um, but uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, and, and Facebook friends that may not be real. And so we don't have that that connection, that relationship that is that is the most meaningful that we can sit and chat for hours because we're all sort of competing against or the millennials are all competing against one another. Um, and also, if you have met that incredible person, uh, you might actually break up. It could, Life can, can seem so exhilarating. It can seem like the world is your oyster. You've met the right person and then the breakup happens. And of course, with apps like Tinder, when there's somebody else waiting and all of these um, submarining and ghosting and all of these things that go along with online dating, it's any wonder that it would p impose additional stress and anxiety on millennials. And also a recent study reported that unemployment rate for millennials for millennials, is more than double the national average. So compounding the stress, strong social networks, which is active real people, not these fake people, they're much harder to maintain when you are changing jobs, when you are going back to school to further your career, or when you're, you can no longer live in a city that you love, or perhaps you've been put out of your um, condominium or your your townhouse. Uh, I was happy to see actually in Vancouver. There's a lot of issues around stratas in this city, and um, that 80 percent rule, which there a rule came in, a law came in that only that if 80 percent said it was okay to sell the building, then it was okay to sell the building. So the other 20 percent are pretty much left holding the bag. So what are they going to do? But there was there was a um, I think it was on how. I'm not sure what the address was, but I'll figure it out. I should know what the address is, but anyway, I'll tell you on Twitter. Um, but so people, there was there was some issue legally that they were not informed in due process, and so they were allowed to stay in there. But what if those people who didn't want to leave or didn't have anywhere to go had to be put out of their apartment? So this can add to the stress. And, and also, so say at that time it's compounded with the loss women feel after a breakup, that can trigger a depression in and of itself. And so it can go from being the most fabulous time to feeling like 
the world is quietly shrinking around you. And so there is this mixed message out there. This is your time, your 20s. Discover yourself. Take your time. You shouldn't take your time. You shouldn't be spending all your money in your 20s either. This is the foundation, the foundational time. This is the time you should work and make as much money as possible if you haven't had babies, if you're not having babies, because that's also the best time to have babies. But there are so many mixed messages out there. And, you know, there's so um, there's so many messages, too, that you can have it all. But can you have it all at the same time? Can we really have it all? Not necessarily. Um, and so there, we're, we're, you're trying to navigate the landscape. Um, you know, the fall can be fast. Uh, and the landing is anything but soft sometimes, especially when you have lost your job or don't have a place to live or housing is so expensive. And often life decisions are made from a disoriented, rushed state. And maybe you have to move home to your parents' house and that can be degrading as well. And so this is why it's important to have self-care, take care of yourself, have good self-esteem, not be exhausted because exhaustion can also lead to depression and it's it's also a um a precursor to depression so just remember it's a unique the 20s is a unique curriculum for learning about life and love and self-forgiveness and boundaries and and self-care and what it truly means to be healthy and this is the time to really set the foundation financially physically emotionally spiritually and health-wise I'm Maureen McGrath you're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.